Welcome to a brief chat. This is the episode for December 30th and the first week of January 2020. I'm Owen Crane. I'm Jason Crane. We're going to do a different kind of episode and look back at our own year together. And we'll get started with that right after this. Greetings. I'm DJ Lilly, a devoted listener to and member of Jason and Owen's podcast, A Brief Chat. In addition to regularly talking about food, one of my favorite topics, in each episode they discuss big and small philosophical issues with each other and then with someone else who has insight into the subject. They have made me tear up a few times but laugh so much more often with their gift for talking about matters that are relevant to everyone and in such an open way that it's nearly impossible not to ponder the same topics in your own life. It's like therapy without needing to change out of your pajamas. If you want to be a member too, and you should, go to abriefchat.com and click on support the show. Then listen for what Jason and Owen are cooking up next. Hey. Hey, how are you? How you doing? I'm full of pasta. I, people will be shocked. I know. <laughs> to learn that. They're getting the hot Owen meal updates. This is just me this time. Yeah, that's right. I am not full of pasta uh, because Owen refuses to uh, give me any pasta. So. <laughs> that's not true. At that's all. not true. I bought you four different pastas. Yes, I uh, I had a big big lunch. The thing is, I have been doing so well in my uh, you know kind of getting healthier and eating better and weight loss and not snacking thing. Yeah, you're kicking ass. However, if there are chips and onion dip in the house, I'm really sorry. I mean, it, that's just how it's going to be. So yeah. for lunch today, I made myself a sandwich. And then I had a big bunch of chips and onion dips. So nice. That was just how that went. So what we thought we would do this time was go back over our 2019, you know, hopefully just as a way not only to share those memories ourselves, but maybe to talk about some things that y'all might find interesting. And so the way I did this was I went back through my calendar for the first 10 months of the year, which was on uh, the Googlies, And then the second two months, I went through my paper planner that I switched to. And I just tried to write down things that had happened, big and small. And I haven't shown this list to you. Right. So we're just going to get, you know, kind of your unadulterated reactions yeah, to which, things that happened. Which I also appreciate because I feel like I've accomplished like little to nothing this year. And we did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we did a lot of cool stuff. So uh, let's start. Uh, let's start in January and we're just going to start on a down note. Right. January started on a big down note for us. Yeah. January 6th, my grandfather passed away at 100 years old, um, which Wil was... Wilbur Hoffman. Yeah, Wilbur Hoffman. He actually passed while we were en route, like driving to see him because my mom called. He was in hospice, you know, at our house at that point. So we knew that things were happening and that that was going to come soon. But, um, you know... My my cousin Oscar was there with him when he passed, and I'm really grateful for that. I know uh, my cousin Oscar and I, his grandfather was my grandfather's brother. So after my grandfather's brother passed in, um, geez, when was it? Like 2010 or 2011, I know Oscar really saw my grandfather as kind of like his grandfather, too. So I was glad that he was there to... to help him transition and he was really there a lot in the final months i mean he was johnny on the spot he was there all the time he was there like helping my parents all the time he he lived in new york city and my parents lived in a suburb of new york city so he was able to get to them you know pretty quickly and was you know awesome 
Another thing that happened in January was that I started doing tarot readings for other people. That's right. It is like almost a year. Yeah, which is really cool. I uh, I actually haven't done any in quite a long time, uh, kind of in line with the reason I don't do very much in State College, which I've mentioned on this show a little bit. But I did do a bunch starting in January of this year and found it really meaningful for me. And I think the people for whom I did them found it pretty meaningful, too. And when we land wherever we land, I'm excited to start doing that again. Yeah, and it was a kind of a entry into woo-woo for you. Like, you had to really think about a lot of, I think, a lot of your personal beliefs when you started doing that and finding it really, really useful. I yeah, remember. and that happened kind of toward the end of 2018 when I started doing tarot at all. And then, you know, kind of branching out into, like, sitting across from another human being and pulling tarot cards for them was it was a big step for me, that's for sure. Uh, moving on to February, the first of uh, a record number of visits by either one or both of your parents began in February oh, when your mom came right. for her birthday weekend. Yeah, I was so jazzed about that. That was really cool. Where did we take her? No idea. Maybe I'll think of it. Yeah, no, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was really nice that she came to stay with us. Mm -hmm. And also in February... I began yet another pursuit. <laughs> I got a BMX bike. In oh, February that's right. And began my extremely brief and painful tenure yeah. as a BMX rider. Yeah. But and you can say you did it. I certainly did. I can prove that I did it and yeah. will be able to for the rest of my life because <laughs> yeah. there are many the parts of my body show, yeah. that show that I did it. I My uh, younger son, John, is really into BMX and his friends, Eli and Asher, who are, uh, is certainly in Eli's case, kind of like our surrogate son and Asher certainly uh, making a run for that money too. <laughs> and I really love BMX culture. I really liked watching videos with them and I enjoyed filming them riding. And I thought, well, what the heck I'm going to do it. And unfortunately at the level of physical fitness I was at, you remembered you were 45, the level of coordination I was at and the age I was at, it turned out that, Riding BMX was a bridge too far for me, um, but I'm I'm super happy that I at least tried it. Yeah, I, I confronted fear in a way that I hadn't because uh, I don't do too many things that I'm not immediately good at, and it, that you could take that one of two ways. I don't mean to say I'm good at everything I do. I mean to say I avoid doing things that I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be immediately good at. Is yeah. what I meant by that. And this was way outside my comfort zone. I had tried skateboarding around my 40th year and similarly had gotten – I still have scars from that. And then I tried BMX and uh, yeah. So uh, I subsequently gave it up. But there's more, a little bit more about BMX as we go on. <laughs> uh, we also saw Sunday in the Park with George in February. I loved that. It was so good. I really liked it. I had never seen it in any format before. No, it was a wonderful musical. We actually ran into the person who played the lead in that, too, at Wegmans. Just the other day? Yeah. yeah. Uh, her name is Leah Muller. And that was directed by Richard Beaver uh, with Fuse Productions. I'm really glad you remembered her name. Well, I know her personally, so it would be embarrassing. Oh, yeah. That helps, too. <laughs> didn't remember her name. Um, also, the jazz session turned 12 years old in February, which was pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very old show. And uh, I think this is the last one of these, but another uh, enormous downer, this time in my family, my mm -hmm. cousin Tammy was the first person of my generation to die yeah. um, at the age of 52. She died at the end of February. Uh, those of you who know Aunt Linda, who's been on this show, that's Aunt Linda's daughter. Moving on to March, 
uh, and now what I will just say is the end of my BMX career. I took the kids to the wheel mill in <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh, this really amazing indoor riding space. And I crashed so hard. I mean, I destroyed my knees. Yeah, I was very concerned for you. Yeah, I, got, I just got a text that you hurt yourself. And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was quite injured. I still have those scars. And uh, that really helped convince me that perhaps this was not, not the sport for me. But you did. You did show that you were conquering a lot of fears and in front of John, too, which I think, yeah. you know, I think that's really important. I wanted it to be a thing we could do together. It just mm-hmm. turned out not to be a thing we can do together. That's OK. Yeah. But I can appreciate it and like enjoy the culture with him. which is And cool. you still support him with it. Like we still ride out with him sometimes and like you help take videos and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Speaking of John, I became the father of not one but two teenagers in 2019 in when uh, John turned 13 yeah. in March. He fits. He's fitting the teenager role perfectly. This morning, he came downstairs at about 1130 uh, in a bathrobe and pine tree pajama pants and struck a pose when he hit the bottom of the stairs. (laughs) In fact, he is 1000 percent your son. Yeah. And although I will say the pose, the pose I photographed was one thing. But what he was actually doing as he came down the stairs was very similar to that, like, ape walk thing that you do. I don't even know what that is. That thing where you like bow your arms out and kind of point towards your sensitive bits no that's not what i'm doing <laughs> i when don't know I what do it, it is but that's what it looks like it's to like me. it's like think of somebody making a t-pose and then just bend your elbows and swing them on down and then instead of how humans are supposed to walk where your right arm and left leg and then your left leg and your arm or your left leg and your right arm you just like right arm right leg left arm left leg yeah so he was doing very much that down the stairs i love it yeah and i guess in honor of you i'm a good influence (laughs) you're teaching your kids how to conquer fear and i'm teaching them how to walk weird (laughs) i mean you know i think that's how parenting works Uh, also in March, I was super excited to get to play the music of Sun Ra for a couple of nights uh, in the open music series that was March yeah Oh, my God. Well, it happened again later in the year. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Because I was like, wasn't it summer when that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the one you went to was in summer, but the other two uh, were in March. Also, I took a road trip in March. I went to uh, Beacon, New York to see Mike Baguetta uh, play guitar along with Stephen Hodges and uh, the legendary bassist Mike Watt from the Minutemen. Uh, they played a live show in Beacon, and then I stayed with uh, Josh Rutner and uh, from the Respect Sextet, which they are the band that does the theme music to my other show, the Jazz Session. And then I went up to Lenox, uh, my hometown, and then I went across New York State, visited uh, my family and my sister, and came back. And you, I believe, uh, cooked enough chicken and dumplings for a small army. I did. That's when I cooked that chicken and dumplings for uh, Out of the Cold, which is a local temporary uh, and rotating shelter that happens from, I believe, November through April every year in State College. And it goes to a different house of worship every couple weeks and uh, helps housing and secure folks make sure they have a warm place to sleep at night. And you cooking so much chicken and dumplings is why we didn't have chicken and dumplings again until earlier this month, I think. Yes. (laughs) I couldn't. I I had such a sense memory of just the smell of it that I just could not stand it at all. (laughs) I will use that uh, to tell a quick story, which is when I was either four or five years old, I still lived in Massachusetts, and in the town of Pittsfield, there was then, in the 70s, and I believe still is now, a popcorn cart 
that is in the main drag in town, and you could go and get popcorn, you know, from the guy with the cart. And at that time, there was the England Brothers Department Store, which is where my grandmother had worked at one point. I don't know if she worked there then, but in any case, yikes! I got some uh, some popcorn from the cart, and I went up the escalator in the England Brothers with my mom. And at some point, I slipped and I fell all the way down the oh, escalator. Oh, baby! And I was not able to successfully eat popcorn without getting nauseous until for like maybe forty about years a year ago. Yeah, yeah. So that's impressive. Go. Sense memory is an important. Important and powerful thing. It is. Thankfully, mine was just like six months, seven months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to April, I applied for and received a job with the United States Postal Service, and I reported for a total of zero days of work. Yeah, it was. That was impressive. Yeah. Um, yep. If I remember correctly, different members of our family had di- separate, independent betting pools about how many days. Yeah. You would last at that job. Yes. And uh, John, who predicted John I would not go at all, <laughs> won. We had the first of two house concerts this year in April, Tough Old Bird. They uh, were so good, Great too. duo out of Western New York uh, came down here and played on tour. And in fact, they reached out to us for their 2020 tour, but we said, well, we're moving. But wherever we move to, you're welcome to, uh, to come and uh, play a house concert there. But they were really, really fabulous. They were killer. Also... My friend Irene, or our friend Irene, I should say, put on a fundraiser for uh, immigrant families in our area. Uh, and in fact, the group that she did the fundraiser for has immigrant – it might just be called immigrant families. I can't quite remember, but it's something very similar to that. Did I go to that? I can't remember. It was I don't at, think I went to that. Uh, at a, a Big Spring Spirits, which is a distillery in Belfont, and I played there with uh, Mance Chaplin and Crane, which was a trio that I, I had previously been playing. In. I definitely was working, I think, that yeah. night. Uh, but good on Irene for doing that. She raised yeah. a bunch of money uh, to help some folks who really needed it. In May, on a Star Wars day, I did, which is May the 4th, uh, uh, may the 4th be with you, I did a gig with, with, thank you, with Adi Martinez that uh, was kind of the nascent formation of Elorza, which was the band uh, that that came to be, the trio, but that was uh, the first time, I think, that she and I played together independent of the situations in which we had played before. Now, also in May, I have written down on my Google Calendar that that we or I went to Lennox, but I don't remember anything about it. It just says Lennox for two days, and there's nothing else oh. written in there. Did we do that in May? Is that when we slept in the car? Could be. I think that's when we slept in the car. Didn't it seem like it was colder then? Well, yeah, but it was May, and it was night. It wasn't, like, hot yet. And it was raining, too. And did we go just to go? Yeah. Yeah, and we slept in the car We slept in, in the back park. of the car, Yeah. Yeah. Park is a loose well, term a for what we like were. A, like a wildlife area or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, a you know, a couple of acres of trees where no cops would bug us. And we were, and we didn't know it at the time, but it turned out we were across the street from an incredibly swanky bed and breakfast. <laughs> yes, it was hilarious. Like could, those are the, literally the lights we could see through the trees were an incredibly swanky bed and breakfast while we slept in our car. We had a really wonderful breakfast at a diner in Lee. It might just be even called the Lee Diner. Nah, it had somebody's name, I think. Or was it just called the Lee Diner? I don't know. I don't know why you're asking me either, because I'm historically bad at remembering You know, one things. of those little diners that feels exactly perfect when you step in yeah yeah it was really it really was and like a bunch of people sitting at the counter who obviously were there every day just like talking and laughing with the folks working behind the counter and that was actually the first time too we were so broke at that point that we used our last 12 dollars for uh bread 
and oh, yeah. some shelf stable salami and some cheese. And that's what we ate. We ate that in the car. Yeah, we ate that in the car. We had a little car picnic. And I, I had a pocket knife, so mm-hmm. I used that to, to uh, cut the... Yes, that's right. I do. do and I think we that. had like some pre-sliced um, like Sharps cheese or whatever. And we uh, that was actually the first time, too, that uh, you really told me more about Lennox like in your life. Like we drove out to the lake and walked around and yeah. told me about different stuff. That's when I really fell in love with Lennox, I think. Oh, was that's that really trip. cool. Uh, there was uh, a first and a last in May, which was the first Elorza rehearsal. And Elorza is the uh, trio that plays primarily Venezuelan music that I played in for most of 2019. But we got together for the first time. And also, for the last time, I announced a roller derby game in May of 2019. Uh, I had announced for several years for the State College Area Roller Derby, but kind of decided as we were, you know, just beginning to look at changing our lives that I had to put some things away. And that was one of the things. And... In May, you had an ultrasound that was kind of the at the start of a process that only recently has led to figuring some things out. Yeah, so I uh, for for the past few years, I um, I've always been really tired. I sleep a lot. Um, I don't usually have a period except like quarterly. Like, my period worked on the fiscal calendar. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Time to balance the checkbook and buy tampons. Right. And, I mean, you saw me when that actually would happen, and I would just be, like, curled up in a ball on the couch, like, not able to move for different times. And um, trying to think what else. I was just, like, cold all the time. I'm not actually freezing all the time now, which is a miracle. Um And just, you know, a bunch of not great stuff. So I went to my doctor and I was like, hey, is this a thing? And she's just like, yeah, that's totally a thing. You're going to go get a bunch of tests done. Um, So I did have an ultrasound and like months later I went back to her and I was like, so what does this mean? And uh, she, she also wanted me to get blood work done, but I have a huge fear of getting blood work done. Like literally it is my biggest fear. So I put that bit off. Um, and she said, well, uh, you have PCOS and she's like, well, at least you don't have to get the blood test for this, but you've literally never had a blood test in your adult life. So you should probably still do that. Um, but yeah, so PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome and it just means I got some extra junk in my ovaries. That's not supposed to be there. Um, thankfully it's nothing in my case that requires surgery for some people it does. Um, but it essentially, it just means that I have to be on birth control for ever. Um, unless I want to have, you know, a child come out of my body, which I don't. So that, that works luckily at least. (laughs) Yeah. And it took us a long time. You did eventually, I don't remember when this happened, but you did eventually get a blood test and you did so well. I know you, you were, were a hero. I know you. <laughs> so the time previous to this most recent summer that I had to have a blood test um, was in the emergency room when I was 17 and my mom and another nurse had to physically hold me down and they had to threaten me with calling security. Like I was that level of not good with blood tests. And then this blood test was such an anticlimax after all it the really stories was. you told me about the my previous mom, ones. There was no show at all. My mom called and warned you about the blood test too, from what I understand, or like she texted you or something. And uh, 
no, like the nurse we had was super cool. I got a Star Wars sticker at the end. I didn't pass out, which like every time, every time just about I've had a blood test, I always pass out afterwards. My favorite moment of it was when you said, how much more is there? And she said, we're done. I know. I was so happy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you did really, really well. Thank you. It's the little things, folks. (laughs) It really is. It's the relatively small things that feel monumental. Speaking of things that feel monumental, we celebrated our first anniversary in May. We did, and I saw my first Major League Baseball game. You did. We went to Boston. We went to uh, the Mad Monkfish, which Mm -hmm. is a a sushi restaurant and jazz club in Cambridge. A very good sushi and jazz restaurant. And we met um, Yoko Miwa and her husband, Scott Goulding. Uh, She's a wonderful piano player. He's a great drummer. And she's just so stinking nice. Yeah, they're... She's wonderful. They're really awesome. I've worked for them for years doing social media work and other things, and I had never met them before. So that was uh, was really fun. And then the next day, we went to see the victorious, at that moment, Boston Red Sox. (laughs) (laughs) Less victorious now, but... Yes. We didn't really understand exactly how bad the season was going to be, but we, uh, we really had a blast. We got some yeah. Red Sox gear. You got a very gay hat. I did. I got an extremely gay hat, and I love it. It's really awesome. Yeah, so we had a good time. We sat in a bar a little bit, uh, waiting for yeah. things to open, and we uh, we I just, just had a blast. We had, we had so much fun. I want to do it again. Me too. Now we're up to June. Uh, in June, Elorza, the trio I was mentioning, played its first gig, uh, which was super fun. It was in Juana's, which is a, a restaurant owned by the woman who also heads the band, uh, Ali Martinez. And it was packed. We had a, a really great time. Lots of people came out. We also went to New Jersey in June for your grandfather's memorial weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Um, I feel like, for me at least, whenever dealing with grief, my my emotional system, whenever it knows that something big has happened, the first thing it does is just shut down. And it's just like, you're a robot now. We're going to deal with this later. It's fine. Um, so when he passed, that's essentially what happened. And I mean, I think it's kind of helped by the fact that I've been preparing myself for this since my grandmother's death too back in 2015 um so it wasn't until at the um celebration of his life my my grandfather chose to be cremated and uh he is set in the same grave as my grandmother um so we had a a small service at the graveside and i was like totally fine through that like you know holding my mom's hand like really supporting her all that stuff um it wasn't until i saw my uncle mike get really choked up and then afterwards you gave me a big hug and i just like completely collapsed like i don't know what it was about like those combination of things but i was just like "Mm, i'm done and just like all the floodgates opened up so but it was it was good it was really cathartic um obviously and you know a lot of people we had like a big picnic like a big thing at our house afterwards and it was really good overall got to see a lot of people that you know we don't see very often and i mean like i felt similarly with my grandma's funeral too where you realize how much community a single person can build up around them where they're the they're the fulcrum of it um and it sucks that you know, we realize these things a lot of the time at people's funerals or, you know, weddings, stuff like that, too. But kind of makes me wish that uh, we could 
have more life events like that without it having to be like a major life event. Yeah, it is important to tell the people that you love that you love them. Yeah. When they're around to hear it and to, you know, celebrate their lives when they're around to. Yeah. And we definitely did that. We were lucky enough to do that with my grandfather, too. You know, we celebrated. We did a a very similar picnic for his 100th birthday uh, last year in August. Um, And so that was that was fantastic, too. And, you know, my grandfather and I talked a lot and, you know, said I love you to each other a lot. So I, I feel like I. I was lucky enough to have that chance, but I, I would not have had that chance. You know, my grandmother passing was really what, what made me realize that. Will you figure out whatever's going on with your hands so you can stop moving the mic cord so much? To I'm sorry. I, sorry. I thought I had a splinter. Definitely uh, switching direction in terms of seriousness. <laughs> uh, I doled out, uh, chicken wings for like five hours in oh June my God, at you did. a wing fest. Weren't which you is, wearing Crocs? Uh, that I don't remember, but uh, did it for five hours at the end of which I couldn't move my right hand because the way I was serving them was with these, uh, with tongs. And so you had to grip every wing and I, I don't know, know how many wings I passed out. This is when I was trying to find other ways to make money and somebody saw online that I was you know looking for basically anything and said, oh, well, we need some help on this this wing fest is a multi-week thing that happens here at a, a ski resort during the summer and there's bands and then di- different local restaurants compete with wings. And honestly, it took months for my hand to recover from that. From tongs. So, yes. I'm not, I'm not built for wing slinging. I'm trying to, uh, trying to figure out how to make grip every wing fit as a thing for climb every mountain. <laughs> grip every wing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also in June. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, played the uh, Sonic Arts Fest, which was the time you got to see the the Sunra band. Oh, that was um, such a cool festival too. I watched a person birth themselves from like a toddler tube. Yeah, it was great. It was wild. It was super weird. It was very very weird. Also did a thing I've never done before and would not have really imagined myself doing and loved the heck out of, which was that John and I went axe throwing. Yeah. Uh, which, if you've never done, like, it, it wasn't like outside in a rugged, manly way. It was, we went to a it place was that was inside yeah, in a next, rugged, manly next way. Next to a coffee shop. And there's just, there's a couple targets, and you can rent, you know, an hour or whatever in the room with the target, and you get hatchets. I mean, just like you would take camping or whatever, and you, you chuck them at the target. And we both got pretty good at it, That's as it turned awesome. out. Yeah, it was, it was super, super, super fun. So we're halfway through the year. We will continue with the final six months right after this. Hey, y'all. This is Owen with the podcast recommendation for this week. So I am going to send you all in the direction of Sawbones, which is a podcast brought to you by Justin McElroy and Dr. Sydney McElroy. Uh, they are of the general <laughs> McElroy syndicate. Um, but each week they bring a different topic regarding uh, medical history or sometimes even common stuff that's going on like vaping or polio or vaccines or how people have tried to use water um, for for healing. Just literally anything, anything you can think of that relates to health. They've probably talked about it in a historical manner. Um, so you can learn about how 
Kellogg's, the cereal company, was founded by a guy who also made like big woo-woo health spas um, and charged, you know, thousands of dollars to make people eat bran flakes or like about the Chicago River and how they just made it flow a different way once, you know, for health. Um, so each episode is technically kid-friendly. They don't cuss on it. Um, and maybe your kids will like it, too, because they, they talk sometimes about a lot of the gross stuff that bodies can do. Uh, but it's just a great time all over. So I will say uh, you should definitely give it a try. And now back to the show. We're back, and we are in July. Uh, in July was a very, very dark time because I interviewed for and successfully got my current job. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's just assume there's really sad music playing right now. So that <laughs> happened. However, another a super cool thing that happened in July that I think we were both pretty excited about was that the Women's World Cup happened in July oh. of this year. And we got to see uh, Megan Rapino and her teammates. I fell in love with Megan Rapino. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it, they were just amazing. The whole oh the whole thing God. was incredible. It was a, a boost, uh, I think, to you know to us to in our spirits and excitement and just uh, a fabulous thing. I think for it was athletes am- everywhere. We watched a lot of sports in that time period. Too. Yeah, like we watched that. We watched the men's World Cup, and then we watched. There was no men's World Cup. What was the, what were all those guys doing then? Uh, we watched the Gold Cup. Oh, yeah, whatever that is. We watched yeah. that, and then we also started watching a lot of racing because wasn't the Tour de France going on around that time? And we, yes, and, and we, we watched, watched the tennis. Red Sox, and we watched tennis, and yeah. we watched uh, initially the uh, Red Bull New York team, oh, and then switched right. over to the Revolution. It was so good, and I started watching boxing around then as well. So. Oh. We, it was a very sports-heavy household. It was a very a sports-heavy year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it really was. Also, uh, my grandfather passed away 10 years ago, but this summer we finally had a memorial service yeah. for him uh, up in upstate New York, where my folks live. And that was really great. A lot of people came out who I hadn't seen in years and who mm-hmm. hadn't all been together in a room in, in a long, long time. And I got to meet some people I've never met before. Yeah. Yeah, like I met Dana and... Dana's wife, Julie. Julie. I was going to say Julie, but then I was like... It's all right. I was me. You doubted yourself, but you were right. Thank you. And I got to make a little video for that, which was cool. Of, yeah. Uh, kind of photos of my grandfather throughout the years. It was it was really great. Um, Arts Fest happened here in July, which is a, exactly what it sounds like. A big outdoor open arts festival. People making you know various kinds of arts and crafts things. And I introduced a bunch of bands at that. And then on the 22nd of July was the first episode of this very podcast that we're currently hosting. It began in a very different way. Uh, I had wanted to do a podcast that kind of replicated the freeform talking style of my radio show that I had been hosting for a couple of years. And one Sunday, I was just sitting here (laughs) in this very room and said, that's it. I'm going down and making a podcast. And so I made the podcast, recorded the first episode, launched the website, did the whole thing. Like most Jason Crane ventures. It (laughs) was an impulse decision. Doing it right now. Yeah. Uh, And it started as a 10 minute a day weekly uh, weekday show that was just me talking and occasionally guests. And, you know, now has morphed into what it is. And I like the direction it's going in. But it all started in July of this year. I like the direction it's going in, too. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> because I'm here. No, I'm just... 
In uh, August, we were invaded by Canadians uh, when our friends Mike and Nora and their kids came to see us. That was easily the best breakfast I've had this year. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, it was amazing. I love those people so much. They're really, really good folks. And uh, Mike is one of the co-hosts with Ben Weidman, who's been on this show, uh, of a podcast called Sound Logic, where they are going through the Rolling Stone Top 500 Albums list uh, from 1 to 500. And I was on the most recent episode talking about music from Big Pink, and I was also on a previous episode talking about Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. You so. should interview Mike sometime. Yeah, he actually asked to come on this show, and it never... I kind of changed the format and stuff and never really did it. But yeah, yeah he should He should come on. And or Nora. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nora's or the kids, too. actually. The kids are... The kids are... Oh, my God, yeah. The whole family is fabulous. Their kids are so badass. Uh, we had the second birthday parents birthday visit when uh your parents janice My and laura came had here a for your dad's birthday yeah yeah which is really cool we got mexican food i made did i make a cake I think I made a cake. I think you did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I made, because my dad's favorite cake is yellow cake with chocolate frosting, which because, is also your favorite cake. Uh, he, of course. He which is also cake is supposed to be my like. favorite cake. Yeah. yeah. So it is all right thinking people's favorite cake. And if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking <laughs> it's not my favorite cake, well, I rest oh, my case. No. Um, then in August, another thing happened, which was uh, about, I'm going to say 40 years overdue, which was uh, a huge explosion with my family that, uh, with my parents, not with my whole family, that ended my relationship with them. And I think, I think for good this time. I've gone for years without talking to them before, but I think this time it's over. And that was kind of all around. In, also in August, I started telling people about the stuff that had been happening happening to me since I lived in state college, and that was very painful there's a lot of difficult stuff to talk about in there and in the course of a weekend in which i talked about that stuff with my parents then also the next day happened you know this enormous blow up uh that brought back a lot of things from my past that were really ugly and uh it just it seemed like it was time to close that door yeah so we move on to September. In September, I turned 46 and you turned 24. I did. You did? <laughs> You're so old. I know. I'm so young and vital, though. So, <laughs> And we had good birthday celebrations. We did. We, uh, we went out to dinner. I have literally no memory of what we did. I just remember enjoying it. My parents came out again, I remember. Was that for your birthday or my birthday? No, it was closer to your. It was for your birthday because mm-hmm. they came out later in the month when oh, I, and Alorza right. also had a gig outdoors. But I feel like we had a joint birthday thing with them where Maybe we went we to Fuji Jade and oh, the boys were right. there and or John was there and Eli was there. Was Bernie yep. there? Yes, I think Bernie okay. was also there. That's right. He was. He was. Yeah, he was the dark brooding one in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yes, Bernie. Yeah, so uh, we had birthdays, which was cool. We uh, hung out with our friends, Colleen and Rob, Mm -hmm. who are uh, very cool people. And Colleen then, uh, two months later, successfully was elected to the treasurer position of the county that we live in. And Rob officially became first mudge upon her her election. uh, His uh, Twitter handle is CyberMudgeon. And a lot of people, at least including me, call him Mudge. I call him Mudge so regularly that actually at one point while trying to 
give his name to someone else who worked in his department at the university. I could not remember his name because uh, I just call him Mudge. Uh, but anyway, congratulations to Colleen, who is a listener and a member of this show. Also, you uh, took a trip to New Jersey because your parents gave us what I think is an awesome gift to give someone, which is tires. They did. <laughs> Actually, before the tires even, too, I went to New Jersey because I had to go through the process of cleaning out my child at home of all my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you kind of, it was a two birds with one stone trip because your parents yeah. are getting ready to move. and I also had to make two trips. Yes. Because <laughs> I had a lot of crap. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they gave us tires, which was an amazing gift. Um, I got rid of a bunch of stuff. I found out how much trash I'd hoarded. It was a very Marie Kondo, like nothing of this sparks joy. It's been sitting in this room in New Jersey and nobody's touched it for like five years. So like it can probably just all go. And so most of it did. Um, but we also inherited some really cool stuff. Like we inherited my... Uh, great, no, Phyllis's. So Phyllis was a cousin of my grandfather that lived in the house too when she got older um, and needed, you know, help just kind of like getting around and stuff. Um, she had like this cabinet, like a, like a squat cabinet, but she pickled the wood herself. So it's this really cool color and it's has like glass sliding doors in it. And it's, you know, you put like your plates in it or something in the dining room. But I was, was so glad my parents were like, oh, we're just going to throw this out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this is amazing. Um, and, you know, I've started to inherit too because of it, like, um, like some of the, my family's China and like. Uh, the cradle my grandfather made for me when I was born and um, like a bunch of that stuff too. So it's an interesting part of my life where like I'm getting things that are like big family heirlooms. So it's it's been a weird year, I think, of like loss and transition and change in life for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Moving on to October, we got a visit from our friends Mary and Matt. Yeah. Which is super great. And that, uh, I think it was was shortly after that visit that um, Mary called me and asked me to officiate their wedding, which is coming up uh, a little bit later. So that's another thing that you can add on your resume. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, which I I was super honored. I've never been asked anything like that before. And I'm very, very, very excited about it. I'm literally so excited to go to their wedding. I think yeah. they're they're an amazing couple, and I'm really happy that they're getting married, and I'm super excited to see them. Yeah, it's going to be really great. We had our second and final house concert of the year in October when our friend Ross Hammond uh, from Sacramento, great guitar player, uh, came through. He was our first house concert a couple years back, I think, and uh, he was back here in our living room with another appreciative crowd. It's never the same crowd twice. Yeah, which is also pretty great. Yeah, and it's always a really good group of people who really appreciate the music, and I think the artists have a good time, so that was super fun. We also went up and visited Aunt Linda. Yes. And uh, we've made a couple references uh, to this, including on Aunt Linda's most recent appearance on the show, but she left a voicemail for us, which if you're a member of this show, you've (laughs) had a chance to hear, but she left a voicemail for us which uh, simply said, please bring your own pillows because I don't have any pillows left in my house because she was moving and shower before you come because there's no hot there's water. No hot water, yeah. 
But we had an awesome time. There was a great dog involved, mm-hmm. and uh, we just we had a lot of and we a just lot of fun. Sat and talked for like hours with her. It was awesome. It was really really good. Also in October, I began to go on walks again and to watch my calories and just to get up in the morning uh, at a reasonable hour to meditate in the morning to go to bed and get nine hours of sleep. All of that stuff, which has greatly improved my life since. And this was also like another Jason Crane impulse decision that happened in a day like I'm going to start doing these five things. And then for three months now, you've just been doing those five things with Pretty yeah. much like without stopping, which I don't understand how you do that, but I'm in <laughs> awe every time. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been going pretty well. You can hear much more detail about that in previous episodes if you want to go uh, dig through the archives. Moving on to November, uh, Bernie, my older son, turns 17 years old. That's really it's fucked up. nutso. He, well, there's a, I guess I do have to do some editing after all. <laughs> Um, yeah, he continues to get huge and uh, lift weights and drive around and have a job. And he's and applying he's, to colleges. He's yeah, he's getting into accepted into colleges. Yeah. He's deciding what's he, what he wants to do, like what degree he might want to go for. And I think he's making some really smart decisions. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a good head on his shoulders despite his parentage. <laughs> also, in November, you did some phone banking for Planned Parenthood. I did, which was really great. So in Pennsylvania... Um, there was kind of a huge push from the state legislature um, for like several anti-choice and like anti-women's reproductive rights. I shouldn't say women, but you know, that sort of an issue um, all at the same time. So one of the the two main bills that we were talking about was one that actually did get passed, um, at least in the House, uh, the Pennsylvania House, not the Pennsylvania Senate. Um which was that if you have um, an abortion or if you have a miscarriage, um, you're forced to essentially cremate the the remains or bury the remains, but essentially you're forced to do that. And it becomes something that like you have to take care of the cost of it. So not only is it super traumatizing you know for people who are going through that um, whether they decided to terminate the pregnancy or it just happened um, but it also means for a lot of folks that they have to incur more and more costs you know through either their insurance company or, or the hospital um, and then to be honest I don't remember the other one it was really messed up though both of them were. And it's definitely something that, you know, Planned Parenthood of Pennsylvania still has um, resources where you can learn more about about those bills as well. Also in November was the final Elorza show, which much like the uh, final episode of... Hold on, I just forgot his name. <laughs> Who's the guy who brought the Beatles to the United States? I don't know. Why am I asking you, of all people? <laughs> <laughs> I should go lift up the blanket and ask Fenchurch. Um <laughs> She's a His smart name guy. was Ed, the guy who had the show. That, Mr. Ed. No, no not Mr. <laughs> there are so many people screaming right now at the at their chosen listening device as I can't remember this guy's name. Ed Hardy. Ed, no. <laughs> no. All I can think of is Ed McMahon, which is so not right. That's Johnny Carson's... Uh, Johnny Carson. No, it's not. His name is Ed Beatles. Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Jesus. Thank God. Much well the whole point of this story was that <laughs> Jesus Christ. Was the final Elorza show happened. 
the the reason I was mentioning Ed Sullivan at all was because Ed Sullivan got canceled in between two seasons when it was off the air. So after all those years on the air, nobody knew it was his final show when it was his final show. Oh, my God. And so there was never a, a, a show in which he was lauded for all the great things that he had done <laughs> in all those years. The, George Carlin has a bit about this, which is why I know this at all. So now that it's taken that long, the final Elorza show, we did not realize was the final show. I had kind of decided that after the December show, I would stop because we were intending to move. Right. Still are intending to move, but things are grayer. And so I decided, well, December will be the final show. So then in December, when I emailed my bandmates to say, you know, are we having our show? Adi, who uh, runs the band, said, oh, no, we're not playing this month. And so it turned out that the previous month was the final yeah. show. Also in November, speaking of final things, we went to Livingston, New Jersey, for the final Thanksgiving in yeah. your parents' house. Yeah, and that was definitely very emotional, too, but it was really fun. And I got to cook a ton with my mom, which was amazing. It's like the first time she like really handed over the reins a lot, I think, for, for a lot of the side dishes, and that was fun. I made a pecan pie for the first time, and that was good. Um, We've also just answered the question, does Owen say pecan or pecan? Um, it depends on the context. Okay. I don't say pecan pie because that sounds weird. I say pecan pie, but... I think we've talked about this, but how do you say the word A-L-M-O-N-D? Almond. Yeah, so do I. Who but, says almond? No, it's not almond. It's almond. Many people oh, say... almond. Yeah, like Christopher Kimball on Milk Street says almond. Yeah, and that bugs me every My single time. My mom says almond. My grandmother said almond. They're yeah, all so wrong. Maybe, maybe, and he's also from New England, as are all of us. So, oh no, my grandmother's not from New England. Wasn't from New England. She's from Buffalo. Yeah, but she was living in New England. So. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, uh, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It was super, we did. super, super fun. It was great to be there. Yeah. And that brings us to the final month of the year, the one we are currently in, December. Uh, in December, the 500th episode of the Jazz Session aired. Which that was, was huge. Big milestone yeah. for me. And you had an amazing guest for it too. I did. Uh, and you can go to thejazzsession.com if you want to find out who that was, but uh, she was awesome. She, I'll, I'll just put it this way. My guest on the 500th episode of The Jazz Session personally knew, hung out with, and considered as her older brother, Charlie Parker. So if you're a jazz head, <laughs> you know you want to get over there. Uh, also, uh, Christmas was weird this year. It was a combination of great and weird. And the great part was that we had Christmas at our house. Right. We didn't have to travel. Yes. That was super wonderful. Amazing. We had your folks here and the kids here. And explosives. Ex we had explosives. As it turned out, they weren't actually... Ex well, they were explosive in a sense. They weren't They weren't the light on fire explosives that right. we thought they were. But they were fun explosives nonetheless. They sure were. Uh, and to add some context to this story, which has no context at all right now, uh, one of the Christmas gifts that Owen got for their dad, because their dad's really into fireworks, was a box of fireworks. Except they weren't fireworks. Because this is Pennsylvania, and the fireworks that were on sale where Owen got them were actually the kind where you know, like you pull a string and it pops, like that kind of thing, not you light it. So we tried to light a couple of strings before we <laughs> yeah. realized these this aren't fuses. Fuse. No. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was super fun, though. Uh, there's a little bit of a video of it. And in fact, uh, maybe I'll swing that video over to the Brief Chat Instagram as well. But of John and I <laughs> having a, a firecracker duel. A very poorly shot video. <laughs> yeah, it, there is a bit of a Titanic hits the iceberg in it. But uh, it was super, super fun. We had a, a great dinner that Owen made. Uh, the most ridiculous cheesecake. Thank oh, you. Oh, God. And uh, yeah, wonderful roast. It was, it was really, really good. I made a roast. You did make a roast. However... 
I work for a large multinational company that is involved in the moving of things from one place to another. And on Christmas Eve, the moving of things from one place to another did not happen because of fog in a nearby city from which we get some of the things that we move. And so... <laughs> Sorry, that's really great. I love that. And so uh, <laughs> on Christmas Eve, I got a call saying... I had to work on Christmas Eve anyway, but Christmas Eve earlier in the day before I had to go into work in the evening, I got a call saying, can you work tomorrow? Tomorrow's Christmas, y'all. Yeah. So I ended up having to work for four hours on Christmas. Now, many people listening to this might have also had to work on Christmas, and I feel your pain. I'm, my pain is no worse than yours. Uh, I'm just saying that as as close to Christmas as like three o'clock the day before Christmas, I thought I had Christmas off because... The company is closed on Christmas Day, except that it turns out it wasn't. So I went into work for four hours, during which time two customers arrived, because no one knew that all their stuff was there to be picked up, and even if they had known we were closed, supposed to be closed, so there was literally no reason for us to be there. There were three of us who got called in, two guys who do the moving of things from one place to another, and me who does the computer part of the moving of things, and the retail side. The three of us were there. The guy, the two guys, other two guys watched Die Hard in the back room. Nice. And I watched uh, the f- second half of the third Doctor series, Inferno. Also uh, nice. Doctor Who in the front room. And after four hours, we clocked out. Yeah. Yeah. I I was very frustrated that you had to do that. It was super annoying. I know. I was sitting at home for a lot of that time. I was baking said cheesecake and decorating gingerbread cookies and oh my god the gingerbread cookies (laughs) folks look you know i don't like to criticize the way you live but you don't live as well as i live and here's how i know because this cheesecake and these gingerbread cookies are the best (laughs) examples of both of those things i have ever had in my whole life you're amazing and i didn't make them i just shoved them in my face (laughs) And you know, you know, because I love you folks, that I don't like to criticize your cheesecake and gingerbread cookies, <laughs> but I'm just sorry they're not as good as the ones that <laughs> we have here in our house. Because the ones we have here in our house are the perfect example Aww. of each of those things. They are so freaking good, it is ridiculous. <laughs> and if you live in State College, I would be very happy to not share them with you at all. <laughs> if you live in State College, I'm happy to make you cheesecake or gingerbread cookies. Well, that's fine. If Owen will make you your own cheesecake and gingerbread cookies, but you cannot you have can't any have these of my gingerbread cookies or gingerbread cheesecake. Gingerbread cookies or cheesecake because they're mine. So, any, but oh my god! Actually, that was that was. I know I said on the last episode too that I was so excited to spoil my parents. Absolutely. And the payoff was amazing. I mean, my dad was just. It means a lot for me especially with my dad, that he enjoyed this stuff as much. Um, Because, A, my dad used to work in a bakery, and he's a very good baker in his own right. Um, So when he he ate the cheesecake, first of all, he was like, how did you get this so, like, how did you get this to brown evenly across the top? And how did you get to do this without burning and, like, all of this stuff? And I'm like, I followed this cool blog post that I found on the internet. But he was just like, I kid you not, like the bakery that I worked at could not make a cheesecake as good as this. You know, he's like, I cannot make a cheese. Like, this is the best of any of the cheesecakes I've ever had. And my dad, like cheesecake is one of his favorite desserts. So like, man knows what he's talking about. And that just like, I've never felt so happy, honestly, of somebody thinking that something that I made was so good than like right at that moment. Yeah, that was really awesome. Felt like I peaked. Um, (laughs) 
I didn't. I didn't hear the K coming. I felt like I peed. And I thought you were going to say I felt like I peed. And I was just going to say, you know. It feels real good when you pee sometimes, you know. Oh, actually, I know that we just did the whole year thing. But can I, um, because this is also Owen's Food Podcast, can I list some of the highlights of the things that I made this year? Oh, yeah, sure. This is already an epic length episode. Yeah, whatever. Keep going. Um, So the chicken and dumplings. Yeah. I grew ghost peppers so that three months later I could then make ghost pepper uh pineapple ghost pepper hot sauce which is so good it is really good yeah i gave it away to a bunch of people um that was my first time successfully canning a thing and not like giving us all botulism so that was cool um japan week obviously japan week was so good yeah katsu we've made a lot of chicken katsu since then um i learned how to make cheesecake and apparently perfected cheesecake this year i'm trying to think what else the the worst (laughs) I learned how to make a woast like a day before I had to do it. Yeah. So that was cool. Is there anything else that we made that was good? Oh, my God. You made so much. I mean, I can't. In this moment, exactly right now. Oh, I can't that's fair. I've put you on the spot. But you, you, I mean, you're a fabulous cook. And Thanks. you've made us a lot of amazing food. I made donuts, too. The donuts was a failure, though. The donuts really sucked. But I yeah, did try to were, make donuts. Donuts yeah. were a little rough. They were bad. Well, I mean, if we're listening, I also, I baked for the first time you did. this year. And yeah. uh, I've made us a bunch of bread. and Well, not a bunch, but three loaves of bread. and That's a bunch. That's, well, it's, yeah, it's a small bunch. All in November. And I made uh, two batches of cookies that my coworkers liked. They were very, those are legitimately very, I can't say that word. You can't say the word. <laughs> no, but they were very good cookies. That sounds really good. So we're, uh, oh, also, because, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I turned 46 this year. Some of you might be thinking, man, I wonder if he's getting over the hill at all. I want to assure you that I am not. And here's how I can prove it. Today, I washed my body in the shower with conditioner. <laughs> so I got I got pretty far uh, into the washing myself process before I realized, this is not why so- am I not using the scrubby I always use? Oh, that's because it's conditioner that I had on my hands to put in my hair that I've just washed my body with. You had a little senior moment I did. There. I did. Yes, one of many and and growing in frequency. So this podcast is only going to get more exciting as the years go on. Well, look, we're ending 2019 with – and we're telling you first, listeners, because actually I meant to mention this to my kids this weekend and I totally forgot. So you're going to hear it first, even before our children – we're ending 2019 with our plans a little bit more up in the air than they were. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Because probably what's going to happen is that what we were impl- intending to do was move to Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which is where I'm from. The vehicle for that move would be Owen getting a decent full-time job there, and I would keep the part-time job that I have for the company I hate doing the thing I hate. And we would, but that would be enough for us to move. And it's looking like that's probably not going to happen. And then on top of that, I've started to think in recent weeks about do I want to make my move home to Berkshire County, this place I've always wanted to live? Do I want to connect it to having to do a bunch of stuff we don't want to do and kind of scrambling? And I've started to think maybe the answer is no. And so last night we were at dinner and started to talk about this. And then to put a, a positive side on things, 
we only had two criteria for the next place we wanted to move, and those two criteria were warm and near water, and so we decided to move someplace cold and inland. Yes. And so now we're trying to figure out can we cast a wider net to improve our chances of finding work? And can that net stretch to someplace that's warmer and closer to water? So I think it's fair to say that well, certainly our plans to move are not off in any by any stretch of the imagination. No. They're full speed ahead. But they are just a little more diffuse than they were. The wear is a little bit bigger. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, we'll, you know, we'll tell you more as it goes along. And I assume by the time in December 2020 that we do our 2019 year we'll, or we'll 2020 year review, we'll be in the place. Yeah. And we just don't know where that place is. That's exciting, though. It is very exciting. I think cool things are going to happen in 2020. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And honestly, I'm completely confident that 2020 is going to be good because I get to spend it with you. And that's really the best of all possible things. Yeah, I love spending it with you, too. So that's our show. It's been twice as long as a normal show. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, this is going to be an extremely lightly edited episode of this <laughs> show. Uh, I'm not going to... Normally, I go through and I make us both sound better. I'm probably not going to do that this, <laughs> this is our actual recording quality. This so. is what we just sound like when I don't take out a lot of the things that we say and all of the ums and ahs and everything. So this is just what we sound like. So when you listen to the other episodes, think of how much painstaking time I spend editing. <laughs> uh, it's been so fabulous to make this show. Uh, I Oh, 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 oh. Also, this Friday, there's going to be another episode of this show. Yes. And that's because it's the first Friday of the month. And just a fabulous poet, Caroline Shea, is going to be our guest on Friday. She reads. Uh, that's already in the can. So she reads some poems. We talk about her poetry. She's just amazing. Uh, so I'm so excited that you're going to get to hear that. But it's been so great. Even as this podcast has morphed from a just me thing to an us thing, uh, it's been wonderful to have this chance to talk to people. And when Caroline was here for her interview, she said that before she came over, she had read through people's comments on the show. Because on the website, there's a place where you can read what people oh. have said about the show. And she was really moved to see what people have said. And if you can imagine that she, who has no stake in this show whatsoever, was moved by those comments. There's of, comments? There are. Think of how much more moved uh, I have been to to read them and to see what people have said about the podcast. So Owen hasn't even read them yet. Owen's about to go on a deep dive. It won't take you long. There okay. are tons of them, but there's oh, some very fair. nice ones. There's about 20 people who know about the show, so that's exactly. fair. Yeah, uh, and we love every one of you individually. We we do. I mean, really, we literally yes, we love we you do. each individually by name. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you to the people who are members. That means the world. And as we go forward and this show continues to find what it's about and where it needs to be and what we need to talk about, uh, we're so glad that you're on this adventure with us. So I love you. I love you. We, we love, love you. you. A better, a better world, world is, is possible. possible. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, if you're still listening, and I'm going to have put like 10 seconds of silence before this, so probably no one will even hear it, but just in case... Owen and I send each other a lot of direct messages on Twitter where we send each other tweets we like. And I need Owen right now to interpret a response to a thing I sent them earlier because I don't know what this means. And I think it's because it's something the kids say. So earlier – no, you don't. You don't. You look. Oh. Earlier, I sent Owen a tweet that is like a completely sparkly, spangle, even painted skin, spangly person, uh, you know, just looking like a robot model that says me on New Year's Eve at a house party with 10 people. 
these this is the exact response from Owen. Are you ready? And I have literally no idea. In all caps, <laughs> Owen sent back to me these exact words. I've been read for filth. I'll say that again because it's not a sentence in English. And so if you don't... Under- Owen sent all caps. I've been read for filth. It Owen was. Crane, what does I've been read for filth mean? Oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> so it originally comes from... <laughs> Thanks for making me eat the Hold mic. Hold the goddamn mic near your <laughs> mouth, for God's sake. It originally comes from from what I understand to be like the dry community and the gay community. If if I'm learning it from that, it probably came from the black community and they stole it. What it means is that somebody... The queer people stole it, not the black people stole it. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so do you know what reading somebody is? No, I don't know. What that okay, is. I so, mean, I know it in the sense of like I'm reading your aura, or uh, I'm uh, reading the expressions on your face, but I don't know. So reading somebody, like in that context, is it's like spilling the tea, almost. It's it's kind of like if you define a millennial <laughs> phrase, <laughs> another, with another millennial, millennial phrase, phrase. That's yes. fair. Um, so reading is kind of like your telling the person as it is where they're standing you know kind of calling them out for their real who they yeah, really are for or for like being very candid about a thing that they do okay um that's probably a good one so being read for filth means that somebody's reading you super super well in a way that's like almost not like shaming them but good-naturedly pointing out like a funny or cute or um embarrassing thing that they do so the fact that the tweet was a person literally literally covered head to toe in glitter and the tweet was about being so done up when you're going to a house party where 10 people are there i owen crane was read for filth (laughs) (laughs) because that is a thousand percent a thing that i would do it's spent three hours coating myself in glitter for 10 people. This has been Jason Learns <laughs> What the Millennials Are Saying. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs>